position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which... That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite the deals! Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of... It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, friends and neighbors, madams and messieurs. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Best Linux Games Podcast. This is episode 173 uh, being recorded for you on this uh, glorious Sunday, uh, April, uh, February 18th, 2018. Uh, for our sequel friends, Kraken, you know, I have Ivor Molina over there in the booth who's just been fired. For our sequel friends, I would make it 2018, 02, 18 at 12.36 p.m. Pacific Coast Time. Zulu, baby! Ah, yes. We have too much show for you this week. It is literally too much show. I don't know. Like, right now, the rundown that I'm looking at, it indicates that there are two features this week. Um, I spent 10 hours working on uh, a huge thing that we'll talk about in a moment uh, for this week's episode. Um... So let's just get straight to it. Uh, Crack Engineer, I have Wormelina over there in the booth holding up the whiskey sign. I agree. Because when you have a big show to do, when you got a man-sized show, when you got a Robert Mueller fucking 13 indictments kind of sized, you know, show, you need the whiskey. 
so cheers, my friends. Oh boy, do I we got some stuff to do. Mm. Mm. So before we get to like the the main event, and I don't know if we're actually going to do both of these features, because easily easily either one of them could be an hour long. Um especially you know, when I'm this painfully sober. Um, so let's get straight to our top stories. So, uh, first of all, uh, oh, God. Tragically, I'm not, uh, Ivor, because Ivor is now on strike. Um, I'm unable to play you the clip that... There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. The biggest news of the week is sad is 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 sadly it is some tragic news there is now there is no fans of the show windows will understand what i'm talking about chess. there is now a windows version of weaponized chess yes this was discovered by my crack staff consisting of me and ivor over there pretty drunk and pretty stoned um like on tuesday and we looked at each other with tears pouring down our faces. There is now a Windows version of weaponized chess, which means that we are contemplating a crisis mode in terms of having to edit the entire intro and outro and all of our bumpers for the show have to be expurgated, have to be um, corrected now because we are unable to say that there is no Windows version of weaponized chess. One of our, one of the greatest, greatest assertions made in the history of video gaming. So, congratulations to uh, that guy. He's hilarious. The guy who developed weaponized chess and gave that fantastic talk. Um, we'll see if we can squeeze him in here. I mean, you'll be, you, you, just stick around. You'll, you'll hear him later if you haven't heard him already. So that's first. Uh, second of all, We are now running, I'm not sure if I mentioned this last week, or if we were running this last week, or if this is new for this week, but we are no longer, we are now free from Ubuntu again. We are no longer running Ubuntu 16. We are no longer running Ubuntu 17. We are back to Mint 18.3. And it has been, it has solved many of the pernicious problems that have crept up over the the brief forced exile to Ubuntu world, uh, but uh, and it's it's actually they have a lot of cool cool shit going on in Mint eighteen point three. Um, got all my monitors running right now. We have more monitors up and running right. We have as many as we've ever had. We have four monitors up and running right now. Um, but more importantly, Mint uh, Linux the Mint, Linux Mint project as a distribution and stuff has really gotten behind they you know like all of uh like all distributions like you know from canonical to you know whatever like all the, the trends been over the last you know like what five years that we're gonna have a software store or whatever like a curated software source that has the applications that people would need or whatever you know blah 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 of all the attempts to do this the only one that's ever like really come actually close has been um Martin Winpress uh, with Ubuntu Ubuntu Mate 
uh, project. But I don't use Mate anymore. Uh, Anyway, as part of Linux Mint 18's um, overall design ethos and approach to packaging and shit and blah, they have really jumped behind Flatpak. Which means that as I was setting everything up again in Mint 18.3, which is always so much fun. It's so great. I love it. We can start zero again. Why didn't I back that up? Why didn't I back that up? Ah, veterans know exactly what I'm talking about. Yes, more whiskey. Um, I came face to face with having to confront, oh shit, what the fuck are we going to do for OBS Studio in Mint 18? Because now we have options. And Mint, the Mint project, has really backed Flatpak as a convenient, um, you know, totally acceptable as integrated as possible into like mint, like you know, um what do you call it? Uh it sees it treats and sees flat pack packages that are packaged appropriately with the same, you know, kind of general respect as it basically treats, you know, Debian, like you know, dot deb um files. Uh yeah, and of course flat pack, you know. Flat, uh, flat pack software that's packaged via Flatpak does not have, uh, you know, many of the excellent um, aspects that make, uh, you know, Nix style package managers from app to Pacman to, you know, whatever to Yum um, so great, as in, you know, everything can be updated with one command and, you know, blah, you have all this software at your fingertips. It's all organized and, and codified and, uh, programmatically available for you to deploy um, either in automated or you know piecemeal fashion but it does have many great convenience factors to it and Mint's Embrace of It allowed us to finally get OBS running with NVNC NVENC it's NVIDIA encoding driver um full bore with H.264 you know blah blah whatever I wanted it worked and I installed it uh, I this was like the third like I did it from a PPA first and then I scrubbed all that stuff because I wasn't happy with it and then I did it from a I think a Debian file that I downloaded from like OBS Studios website or something and then I didn't like that either, and I went into the software manager, which I would, you know, if you're like me, you've never, you you've never will, will willingly visited one of these built-in our distros, Soviet-era Walmart-style fucking loot bin, pick and save hellholes of uh, you know built-in distro um, software stores, quote unquote. Canonical, 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 oh, fuck you. Um, but I did just on a lark, and I installed their their whatever version they had, which actually turns out to be a flat pack, um, pseudo app image thing. Uh, I didn't have time to really investigate this. Uh, to the the actual uh versioning and stuff. Uh, because this only occurred to me about an hour ago. But 
OBS is running pretty good, pretty good right now uh, for us. And it does, finally, it does accomplish the goal of running MVENC, which is pretty cool. I'm not real sure how I feel about it, but we got it working. <laughs> That's kind of the theme of this entire, of this week's episode, episode 173. We'll call it the success episode, but we'll get to there in a moment. So anyway, uh, also in things finally working, again, um, HTC uh, finally sent me on uh, earlier this week my replacement base station, yes, which I had to pay full price for, 140 bucks. That in, that included second day quote unquote shipping. But uh, yeah, one of my base stations on my uh, HTC Vive died horribly, and uh, it has now been replaced, but it's not been installed. So if you like the VR stuff that's been going on on our Twitch stream, brought to you by OBS and fucking freezing freedom, not freezing beer, fucking GNU slash Linux love, that would be twitch.tv slash skookiesprite, S-K-O-O-K-I-E-S-P-R-I-T-E. Say it, don't spray it, and try spelling it five times fast at three in the morning after 1.75 liters of black velvet. Um... If you really like the VR stuff that we've put up there um, previously, we're going to, this week, you, you'll start seeing virtual reality live streams on our Twitch stream that finally take advantage of our new 1080 T, uh, NVIDIA 1080 Ti. First time. All the other um, streams have been recorded either inappropriately or on uh uh, lesser video cards. No, no insult implied or intended to you know the venerable 1050 Ti. But uh, frankly, that's out of the weight class of the 1080 Ti. Um, and that's I, we've had great success uh, with both cards in terms of normal streaming um, of like normal games and stuff. But um, the virtual reality, you're you're going to see a major major improvement and proliferation of uh, VR on our Twitch stream. And we, we I live stream basically every day. Uh, this week, um, I, I only stream two or three times, but every time this week, it has been a different game, which is always kind of fun. Uh, check out our clips. And even if we're not live at the exact moment that you, you know, jump on there, just click on our videos tab. There are 114 videos plus on there, ranging from like 50 minutes. I mean, ranging from like, you know, 50 seconds to like five hours. Like there's an entire live stream of us beating Mr. Shifty from soup to nuts in one sitting on there. Um, while we amazingly drunk. I mean, amazingly drunk. But anyway, so check out our, our live stream on Twitch and check out OBS. Uh, investigate looking at uh, using either an app image if you can find um, someone who's uh, packaged one up of OBS Studio uh, that's compatible with you know your uh, your distro your etc. Or look into the flat pack um, OBS because uh, right now. This is this is where we are with OBS, and it seems to be a pretty functional solution for now. I'm looking for more, you know, always looking for stronger, better, faster, etc., 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 Excelsior. 
So before I tell you about what we have in store for you this 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 week's episode, one uh, final show piece of show news. This week marked the uh, crossing of a landmark for us here at BLGP, Best Nice Games Podcast. Ivor, yeah. Sadly, Ivor could not remain in our employ long enough to celebrate this anniversary with us, but a major landmark occurred, and it was it went unnoticed almost. Um, this week, we installed our 1,000th and ninth game for Steam, of which I will have you know, 918 are for Linux only. So, there you go. You'll you'll hear more about that about that uh, grand total, that rolling total, uh, as we approach 1,000 exclusively for Linux installed on my fucking machine. It's pretty nuts. It's a thousand games in three years. Holy shit, that's, I mean, like, people think I'm kidding when I'm like, you know, I play 256 games a year on average, and that means, like, uh, that's at least 500,000 trillion games every week that I have to play. Um, It ain't no joke, bitches. 1,009 games, that's a fucking landmark. 1,000 of anything is a landmark. 173 isn't too bad either. So, what are we going to do this? What 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 do I have in store for you this week? As I mentioned, this is the success. It is beyond my control. Episode. Our first feature. All right, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. Because I I I, I want to try to keep this to under an hour. Um and I don't know if we'll have the energy to really keep it together. Um to do both subjects to commensurate justice. Our first feature is uh, our feature this week is entitled Success! My Secret Obsession with Ruiner A Wine Odyssey. And that comes shotgunned with our final top story. The Column has returned for this week um, and exclusively because of this development. The column, www.bestlinuxgames.com Click up the link up at the top that says The Column and there you will find this week's installment which is a fucking epic. It took me 10 hours to do. Um, and that's just editorial edit, editorially and fact checking wise. The column returns with a 3,000 word imminently fucking I I I did every step in this how-to three times to verify it. And the instructions are explicit, step-by-step exact, and um even though 3,000 words, it, it is an intimidatingly long uh, how-to. That's just because of the amount of detail in terms of, like, describing the window and the interface because there's a lot of windows. But if you have any experience with wine or anything and you've wanted to run Ruiner, or if you've ever wanted to really jump in with both fucking feet and set up 
um, wine on your uh, distribution, hopefully you're you're playing with mid-18 because that's what this... Everything is very specific in this how-to. But the, the broad strokes of it are uh, universal. Apply to all wine everywhere and blah. So that's the counterpoint that's like the technical meat if you want to know how to like really deal with a bunch of technical challenges um, getting a Windows game a modern Windows game to run in wine on your distribution and really have not had much luck accomplishing that this will give you not just a sound, sound basis and the fundamentals this will kick your ass like you will, you will know how to do this. You you will come away from this tutorial, this how-to. Um, both I'm with two things. One, I am seventy percent confident that if you're running min eighteen and and you know actually follow the uh, the instructions in this how-to, this three thousand fucking word long how-to. Uh, you will have seventy percent chance. You will have a working totally playable copy of Ruiner a Windows game running on your Linux box and the other thing that I'm uh, I'm like 90% sure um, unless you're you know very familiar with wine play on Linux and or you know uh, well wine is not an emulator <laughs> that's what wine stands for and wine is not a Windows emulator um but like if you're if you're new to wine or you've never had any luck and believe me I haven't you will come away with like a whole semester's worth of wine knowledge both very specific in terms of like dealing with specific problems in specific ways which we'll talk about in the in the in our feature um but which can, you know, really basically define the whole wine frustration experience, you know, that wine generally is or traditionally has been. We'll talk more about that in a moment. Oh, and finally, just as a note in terms of like, because I don't want to say bring this up again. It is basically we our policy to be extraordinarily reticent about talking about games on this podcast um, when they do not run natively uh, on Linux. We don't like covering wine games uh, partially because of the fact that it doesn't support Linux as much as would be ideal um, and doesn't, you know, provide the incentive, and thus, therefore, there, and therefore, does not provide as much of an incentive for more developers to develop their ports for Linux, um, as you know, would be ideal, which would be everyone, everyone. That would be the ideal number, and then you too, everyone plus you. Um, but more specifically, I, I try not to talk about wine games that's from just like a you know uh, editorial purview kind of moral perspective of the podcast and if you know me you know we have a somewhat fuzzy floaty happy lovey 
Dovey Taciturn is a fucking tetanus shot, uh, you know, concept of uh, the importance of FOSS and and etc. in both the world of computing and the future of humanity. But from an actual critical perspective, it I can't bring myself to talk um, about games as a work of art on a show called The Best Linux Games Podcast when if just by its very nature wine because it requires so much it frequently requires so much um, specific to each individual installation distribution, hardware the game um, and you know blah 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 that even if you do get games running it's not really certain to be reproducible in a uh, even like 40% consistent fashion and and by this I mean you know performance wise um bug wise I mean there are display problems that you know are fundamental to some games and or only some parts of some games and and stuff like that so it's it it, it feel it would feel weird to offer a full critical review of a game that is designed to run in Windows, but which we are reviewing in Wine for Linux. Um, which is why, like, Flatpak is so exciting, and which is why this is such a successful episode. We, we're not going to talk about Flatpak um, this week, but, well, we will reference it one more time, but this is what makes Flatpak so exciting to me, and what I'm trying to work towards. You'll you'll get the whole story in a moment. Um, in terms of like actually figuring out how to you know kind of try to become my own pathetic version of uh, ingenue, a, a fucking ten year veteran, but and yet still entirely ingenue. Um, wizard genius dark Jedi master of configuring wine and play on Linux and installing Windows games and making them run in Linux because once you get it working right for an, a specific title Flatpak offers the possibility of wrapping all of that up all of that configuration, everything, and making it run across distros so that the flat pack that I download for Dead Cells, which is how I play Dead Cells still, I still play a flat pack of it. That is the that flat pack is like 98% as likely to run in a in identical fashion on your machine, regardless of whatever distro you're on. Um, and without requiring you to undergo any of the technical uh, nightmares that are inherent to, you know, blah, 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 to figuring out how to make it work. And sometimes things just work in Play on Linux slash Wine. Frequently, in fact, almost universally, they don't just work. And the margin of percentage between completely and totally fucked to oh, yeah, this is going to take you about an hour to figure out how to make it work. 
I would say that there's probably 20% of, of games that you can, you know, theoretically run in uh, Wine on Linux that uh, are in the, like, oh, it'll take you about 45 minutes, and it's, you know, just read this guy's, you know, how-to or whatever, and he, he'll get you up and running. That's about 20%, with about the remaining 80% being a bone-crushingly punishing process. And that's even if you really kind of know what you're doing. Um, so, I will hit them with... W- w- oh, don't be afraid, though. And if you don't like wine or play on Linux, trust me, this is a fucking war story that you're going to appreciate. And it's a secret project, too. It's a secret, secret. I will hit them with it. Perfect. Oh, my God. It's Bolivians. Never gonna let you down. I can read your mind. This week's feature. I can't read you. I can't read you. I can read your mind. Take it, Scooky. Yes, the Libyans. So, this week's feature. We're calling it Success. My secret obsession with Ruiner, a wine odyssey. So, here's the deal. October 28th of 2017, it began for me. This immediately correlates with episode 157 of of this podcast, which was all about Flatpak Linux. It was the one where we introduced the concept of actually having these Windows Windows games that are portable and entirely sandboxed in a uh, Flatpak package that you can download and run with one command um, on any Linux distribution, which is a fucking revelation. It was that week that I happened to notice because in the process of doing the Flatpak, um, preparing for the Flatpak show, I went to goodoldgames.com and I bought some DRM free Windows games to see if I could make Flatpaks. I didn't know. That did not work. In fact, I couldn't even get uh, any of them to install under Play on Linux or Wine or anything. Um, But I wasn't that obsessed with that yet. But in that process, I saw two screenshots for a game that is still newer-ish, but I saw two screenshots and the logo for this game called Ruiner. And so I jumped on Steam because I was going to buy it for Linux because, you know, I only play games available for Linux. And the Steam store page, there were rumors that one day they were going to make a port for Linux, but the Steam store page basically said, fuck you, uh, this is Windows, and... I have not gone back to the Steam Store page pretty much ever since. Um, And yet, it was October 28th. That was November, December, January. That is uh, 14 weeks and change right there. Three and a half months. So over the intervening three and a half months, at a pace of around 10 hours per week, I would say. Sometimes sometimes a lot more, 
sometimes a little yet a little less but at a fairly solid clip of 10 hours per week oh yeah because that day I went back to goodoldgames.com and bought a DRM free copy of Ruiner because I was going to make this fucking thing run because there was something about just these two screenshots I saw no video you know just these two screenshots, one depicting the um, your the character you play as in close up, and what a character he is, um, and then the other one showing the uh, the pseudo isometric uh, third person Crusader No Regret slash Crusader No Remorse style camera with the explodey bullet monster death carnage action that basically defines the game. Uh, and I knew that I needed to play Ruiner. There's only one way for me to moral for for it to be morally acceptable for me to play Ruiner. And if you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, you know that yes, and I will buy games for Windows via Steam. I will even install some of them. But if you look at my entire Steam catalog and look at the games that I purchased for Windows over the last three and a half years and change, you will see that none of them, absolutely none of them uh, have longer than 30 minutes played in them. Generally, they've been bought uh, just to have a working version like Bayonetta, for instance, when they finally ported Bayonetta to Windows. I was very excited. Now now they just need to port it to uh, Linux. But anyway, I don't play Windows games and I I don't buy them either. And now that uh, the Vive, now that I have virtual reality running on Windows with Steam VR, um, I don't even my my Vive my I have no virtual reality setup connected to my studio computer, which is the only computer in the house that runs Windows other than my Surface Pro Four. Even for games that I really, 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 really desperately need to want to love to need to play, like right now. Games that, like, you know, you see a, a commercial for on TV, and you're like, oh my god, I have to fucking play that. There have been a few of those that I've bought for Windows. I have never even booted them up. It is intolerable to me to have to use Windows to play video games. Especially, you know, by virtue of the fact that you know, this is the Best Links Games podcast, motherfucker, and we we don't fuck about here. So that le- left me at a weird imposition. Hmm. On the one hand, I was... What do you call... I was... Um, Something about those two screenshots and the logo fucking called to me in a fucking spooky music kind of siren song kind of magic spell sort of way. So on the one hand, I have to play this game. On the other hand, it's not coming to to Linux anytime soon. I don't play games that aren't available for Linux. Especially, I just don't have the time even. Even if I wanted to. Even if I could stomach you know, uh, booting up Windows just to play a fucking game in Steam. Um, even if I could stomach that, which I can't, uh, I don't have the time. 
I have to just editorially, I have to only play games available for Linux because I have to make the show every fucking week. And there's a lot of. <laughs> if I had known, oh boy, if I had known three and a half years ago that this would. <laughs> anyway. So, on the one hand, I must play this game. On the other hand, I can't play this game. And then on the other hand, it's, we're, we're doing like Gordo, Gordo from Metal, Mortal Kombat, kind of Shiva fucking renegade economist hands statue here. On the other, other, other hand, there was one alternative. I could just get it to run in fucking wine. I've done this before. I have played wine games before. I go back a long ways with wine. Now, that brings us to our second point, our second premise of this, this, this hoary ghost story. This is a fucking, this, this is a, this is a fucking big one. This is pretty good. Um, my history with wine goes back to when it, when it, when it was like a fucking nascent project, it was you know new, um, and nothing worked, and that basically characterized the intervening ten years. Anytime that I checked back in with the uh, liquid courage to take the punishment of just aggressive, aggressive, uh, incomprehensible uh, failure and uh, frustration, trying to get. Windows games to run in wine on Linux. I'm not trying to insult wine, but that is basically, if you want to, okay, so how would I characterize the 10 years of my experience? Uh, you know, off and on, um, like every three years, there's been a month, like one month of furious, furious attempts to once again do battle with wine and fucking, you know, Blah. Always result, almost always resulting in fucking failure. Had much better um, experience and luck getting um, actual applications, other applications, other apart from games. But all of this has changed. Oh, if I had to characterize those ten years, like, uh, would I recommend wine as a as a topic that anyone interested in gaming on Linux should look into? One, absolutely never. I I would argue vociferously against it. Two, it's horrible and it will kill you. Three, being you might have some luck, but it will frustrate the living shithole out of you. Four, being you know it's fairly reliable, uh, but complicated. And five being it is dead certainly easy as a fucking one-click install. It's as it's easier than fucking installing the game natively on Windows, you know, and it's and it runs performantly and there are no bugs or issues for any title. You know, it's like the fucking zero fit it's sunny day scenario. It's always sunny in wine world. I would characterize my 10 years at a 1.5. Somewhere between 
you should never use wine or try to use wine to play video games on Linux ever because it's immoral, wrong, bad, and horrible to the, you know, level of a two where it'll still kill you and you're going to hate it. I would say last 10 years on, on aggregate have been a 1.5. And so, because, okay, so here's the thing about wine. Every game, wine is in constant development, just like every game is. Every game requires what they call a wine, a different wine prefix, which is a wine a version of wine that likes to run with this game. Managing all the versions of wine that you have installed and trying to understand how all of this shit works to begin with has never, ever, ever been easy and the documentation for it has never, ever, ever, ever been uh, on a scale of 1 to 10 in aggregate over the last 10 years the documentation slash how-tos slash actual fucking real step-by-step this is what this does this is how to do that this is why and then this is how this will all work for you later um, has hovered on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being uh, you know, the Arch user repository and uh, basically, or, or B- 10 being uh, you know, either BSD's fucking, you know, documentation projects or Arch Linux documentation projects, which are superlative, both of which are superlative um, and authoritative and excellent and constantly maintained and uh, gems of the are in of themselves gems uh, in the uh, crown jewels of uh, free and you know free and open source software, idiosphere and revolution, um, I would say that the documentation for wine over the last ten years has hovered somewhere between a three. No, I'm going to say a two to a three point five. It has never been easy to ever really know how to do anything in wine. Partially because managing the actual version that runs, the version of wine that actually runs in your um, wine prefix, which is a synonym. A wine prefix, by the way, is it's all known as a bottle. Also, you could think of it as a virtual drive. It's just a fucking location in your file system where all of the shit that Wine is going to run gets installed and where you actually have the file system of whatever operating system environment that, you know, you need to run and it's also where you install the game. Generally speaking, I've never gotten more than one game to run in any individual prefix. But anyway, so it's not just been fucking hard and punishingly hard and like impossible to learn it's been frustrating on top of that and fruitless and pointless and generally because I mean the, most of the time if you just go to WineHQ where they have uh, the uh, the ranking repository uh, which is like a interactive database that is uh, you know kept up by wine users like you and me uh, who bother to file reports ranking uh, the compatibility of individual title video game titles with uh, certain versions of wine. It goes from like, uh, you know, 
bronze to platinum. Platinum meaning it works all the time. Um, up until like this year, more or less. I'm not even kidding. Uh, all you need to know about how pointless and frustrating your experience with wine was going to be at least writ short as opposed to the oh a thousand hours you could spend if you if you so wished thousand fruitless hours all you need to do to save yourself from that horror would be go to you know winehq.com and uh, search for the game and see that oh yeah yeah at best uh with like this specific version of wine this specific version of wine it's a silver and it has a bunch of known video issues on top of being a silver. Yeah. I'm not going to spend a thousand hours trying to get that to work. I'm not going to spend ten hours trying to get that. There's something about Ruiner and getting, you know, the flat pack mojo, which I knew would require me to learn more about wine than I ever had before. A task that, you know, impossible to complete and one which you dread because it's going to just be it's going to be like Vietnam, it's going to be a senseless exercise, it's going to get everyone killed and it's going to piss you off and you're never going to be able to take the taste out of your mouth well, all that changed this year and there was something about Ruiner apart from the fact that I needed to play this game Ruiner does not look like the most difficult fucking game ever to run in a virtual environment thing like wine. It's not a virtual machine and it's not an emulator and it's not like a it's not like a, what do you call it? Um, it's not like a sandboxed, uh, fucking containerized thing. It's more like an awful mishmash of all of the bad aspects of all of those <laughs> types of technologies like kind of crammed together into one confusing you know, virtual uh, Vietnam of the soul. There's something about Ruiner. I was like, oh, you know, this is this doesn't even I mean, yeah, it's it looks great. I mean, as and as lots of it's a modern video game. It's like it came out like last year. It's fantastically beautiful. But it's not like um, an insane 3D, you know, blah blah blah. And it seemed like the type of game that I should be able to run in wine. So surreptitiously and secretly, without I don't think I've mentioned this at all. Over the intervening three months and two weeks, two and a half weeks, 10 to maybe 20 hours a week trying to get Ruiner to run in wine. And not just wine, but, you know, wine, wine tricks, and play on Linux. All of which I found to be necessary and the command line. That's like 140 hours. I would say that that is a totally fair number. I've spent 140 hours over the last three and a half months trying to get Ruiner, specifically just one game, and just this one game, to install and run. And I, I mean, 140 hours is a lot of time. 
And I've just been grinding at it. It's just been 10, maybe 20 hours a week. That hurts. That kind of constant fucking bone-crushing failure and the, you know, associated probably 30 hours of research and reading that accompanied that 140-hour, you know, blah. The confusion, the frustration, the constant failure, 140 hours over three and a half months, one game, and unlike any other time that, you know, like every three years, you know, there's like the wine month where I get the bug up my ass to try it again. No, this time, you know, I just, I've got a fucking decade of coding behind me now. I mean, you know, fuck. I can make this work. There's nothing more toxic to my particular personality type in terms of being a system administrator or a programmer than the absolute dead certainty that I can make this work. I should be able to make this work. This is technically not just feasible, but well within the fucking limits of my competency, capacity for frustration and endurance. I have done... This is a Trisket in comparison... And it was a Trisket in comparison to other technical things that, you know, anyone, anyone, I hope that everyone out there is smiling and some of you might be nodding and the tears might be rolling down your cheeks, you, oh, ye fellow veterans of many, <laughs> anyway, many a Linux. <coughs> this time, that, it was like a perfect, toxic, perfect storm combination of, I really want to play this game, it would be so great if I could get it to work with Flatpak. I would learn how to actually package for Flatpak. And once I get it to work in wine, I'll be able to play the game. And it'll work in wine. So, three and a half months ago, I gave up officially, I quit trying to get this to work at all on uh, the 15th I, I mean, I, I was done I was done, there's no fucking point I had talking, I, one whole fucking notebook one whole composition notebook of notes all worthless Zero. Zero. Material success. Or progress. Real progress. Towards this simple goal of getting Ruiner to run on Linux via Wine. I do not quit things. I don't. I can't. I would if I could. Trust me. But I can't because, you know, blah. And thus, and verily, I stayed up all night from the 15th into the 16th. I was actually doing other work and smoking a lot of weed, getting very drunk, if I remember correctly. And I played a lot of games and I talked to a lot of cool people. I did a bunch of conference calls. 
And uh, sure enough, uh, stone out of my mind beyond all reckoning. It was on the 16th after having completely given up and feeling good, more or less, about having given up on this particular obsession. That's the thing. It was a secret obsession. I mean, and it was an obsession. It was like a fucking uh, software design fucking project for a you know quarter length long client with no support contract and you know it was that kind of it was that level of uh, of ball breaking that went into this and so when I gave up I, I gave up and I was I felt so much better about it but I was really stoned this is you know 20 hours after quitting it was on the 16th. They're like, oh, you know, I accidentally found myself just out of force of habit because I was so fucking ossified. Just out of force of habit. I don't even know. I'm like, ah, I'm like looking at, you know, looking for porno torrent. Tor- I was looking for a fucking uh, uh, torrent for uh, this documentary. And I ended up, of course, looking at all these porno tor- torrents. And, just like, and out of force of habit, ended up, you know, just doing the same things that I had been doing night after night, most nights, to trying to get Ruiner to install and then run in one on Linux. And I literally was doing this so brainlessly that I was not even aware that I was doing it. That's how fucking high I was. Like, I mean, I could barely move my hands to like, I must type. That's how fucking high I was. So I wasn't even aware of what I was doing. So imagine my shock and surprise when I got it. I did it. I fucking did it. Anyone who's a coder knows that that feeling of like the insoluble problems that are big big, big, in a complicated design, a major piece of of uh, <laughs> where it's not just like a syntactical thing, this is like a, a thing there's a thing here, there's some spooky music in this and I don't I, and it, I cannot figure out why it is not doing what it is supposed to be doing as well as it should be or whatever, and you spend a week a week of you know, hundred hour week, just bashing your face into this, trying to figure it out. And then when you get it, it's the literally the thousandth time you've tr- easily the thousandth time you've tried to look at the fucking you know whatever metrics you're using for the output at runtime of whatever. Uh, well, fine, well you uh, let's, try, let's let's try this one. You know the feeling of when you have so long given up that it would ever work just because emotionally you've been habituated to this not working so why would it work and you've given up on like having you know like an emotional attachment and it works and it's like success but then I had another problem so I played the game for two hours. I could not fucking believe it. 
And I fucking believe it. I did it. <laughs> I did it. I almost called my mom. <laughs> my mom doesn't even know what, <laughs> what Linux is or what wine is. And I'm sure she would be thrilled to hear about all about it at 2 o'clock in the I, I did not call my mom, but I did text many ex-girlfriends. <laughs> anyway, I could not fucking believe it! So, like, 4 o'clock in the morning, somewhere around there, I literally passed out um, face down right in front of my keyboard, not on my keyboard, thank God. I slept for forty exactly 45 minutes. Woke up, poured a glass full of whiskey, got a new composition notebook out from the closet the pantry that, well, my little office closet pantry it's supposed to be a pantry but I use it it's where my office fucking supplies are and as I took my first big swig got out my highlighters and two different colors of pens I knew that now that I had done it I had to figure out how and of course because this had been such a just endlessly pernicious long given up uh, hope or prospect or whatever of keeping a step by step sequential you know like system administrator uh, style logs for notes um, on this, you know, there's no point, you know. Although, in terms of programming, I still find that type of uh, that still has its use for me in in some places in programming. And by and of course, it's eminently useful if you know what the fuck you're doing as a system administrator. Um, and it's a good good right sane thing to do for you yourself and others but uh yeah that had gone out the window like a month and a half ago so there I was now facing what I would start in would be a horrendous nightmare because now I had to reverse engineer out of whatever the fuck I had done the one fucking winning combination. And it was not simple. It took me 10 hours. It took me 10 fucking relentlessly focused hours. Um, it took seven pages of just lists in terms of what I had checked, what I knew, what I could discern from just going uh, backwards in my uh, in my terminal, what commands did I run? What order were they in? What were the major challenges that I had somehow managed? You know, blah blah blah. And I had to fucking, you know, everything had to be tried again in all possible combinations. But this time, everything had to be written down and also kept track of to see what worked in combination with what, or what possible combinations work, you know, and I had just enough memory 
uh, it, it was actually really my terminal that that saved my life, and the fact that uh, Play on Linux has a GUI that lets you see certain aspects that makes it easier, more convenient to see certain aspects of um, the wine prefix and the application's configuration overall in terms of wine. Um, but it it, it, it it took me ten hours. It took me ten hours. Uh, took me 10 hours to distill it into hang on 8 pages of the rough but verified pulp from which the 3000 word long how to that is this week's installment of the column, were derived from. And beyond that, because I was so blown away that this had worked, and because I knew that if I was going to sit down and fucking reverse engineer this, that I was not going to fuck around. I was going to fucking step by step verify. So I did it three times after I got it to work again for the second time. And then did it three times anew each time it's not a simple process it takes about like 30 minutes to do all the shit and then so I'm like fucking exhausted then I took those 8 pages of notes and I opened up ye old sublime text and I began pounding out instruction by instruction. Well, first I pounded out the outline of what the entire document would look like, the blah, and I broke down I broke it down into six major steps. And then I started fucking writing it. Uh And once I had the, the the draft chunks of each of those six major steps, um, then I began working through each line of those instructions and actually fleshing them out with exactly what the fuck. Well, some of the most rigorous fucking... It, 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 this has been rigorously done. I feel very confident that uh, I could sit down um, stone out of my mind and uh, just f- follow the instructions and totally come away with a working ruiner. Now, I, before we go, I, and so anyway, um, so yeah, all of that was, so success and ruiner is fantastic. I spent uh, twenty hours uh, post the seventeenth, uh, morning of the seventeenth. Twenty hours easily over the last forty-eight, uh, kicking out the copy and uh, trying to get. Uh, something to work 
on that um, wine prefix that would in actually let Ruiner see my joystick. You don't want... X input is exactly where it was when I last left it fucking five years ago in terms of wine development, it would seem. But anyway. So I've been playing it with the keyboard and mouse, but that's okay. I played a lot. I'm, I'm about... I think I'm about uh, a little over... A little over maybe a third of the way down with it. I have like, I've unlocked over half of the powers so far. It's a fun game. But uh, I am very pleased to have brought back this Promethean knowledge written in uh, with a level of detail and I, if I don't say so myself, a clarity and step by step uh aspect of construction and um, fastidiously vetted technical accuracy, the likes of which I have not seen for any how to get this game running in wine uh, tutorial and beyond that more structure and overall this is like how you will do this with other games too and after you do it this time it'll be like so can you um and you'll be able to fucking deal with these problems or you know their their cousins or their other flora and fauna that are related their genus species uh, as you encounter them in the wild you will be able to tackle them after you fucking tackle what's in this and I mean I, I, there, there have been some great wine uh, tutorials that have been written, but the lack of anything that has ever been comprehensive to say nothing of uh, timely, up-to-date, or with like a fucking specific purpose, I don't know, I'm very, very, very proud of the 3,000 word document that I kicked out. Um... And it was thoroughly, thoroughly tested. So, uh, check it out if you want. Um, and, and before we go, I just want to really quickly, we'll talk about more about Ruiner, the actual game, next week, um, along with Noctropolis and the other things that we were supposed to talk about this week because we're out of time. But uh, th three major things that made Ruiner so fucking specifically brutally pernicious to get fucking running under wine. One, it requires uh, well, first of all, I had to figure out no one had any, there, there's no like wine HQ or anything like that for a ruiner and no one's written anything on their blog about how to get ruiner running and blah blah blah, which is why I wrote, wrote, the, wrote the fucking column this week. Um, First problem, it it needs to run in a uh, Windows in a sixty four bit Windows prefix. Second of all, I had to figure out by trial and error um, which versions of Wine it would like. Turns out that it likes uh, three point one and three. It like it really likes three point two. They have to be sixty four bit AMD sixty four 
wine installs, which is where Play on Linux comes in. I'm not going to explain how you how, how you put all this together, but those two factors right there make things really complicated automatically. Because oh, okay, that means like uh, hey, anyway, second of all, it absolutely requires a uh, uh, a DLL that is not available in any GUI but is downloadable via wine tricks although I didn't know how to check that or if I did know how to check that I didn't see it in the list of available stuff that has to be done through the command line and that involves specifying the wine prefix in the command line, which is something that you need to learn how to do to do this shit, and then installing by name that particular library. And that has to be done at a certain part of uh, the setting up of the prefix, long before you even fucking we're not even fucking around with the game. Then you have to fucking pick then it was a process to pick the right version of Windows, actually that was before um, uh, VC Run 2015. Um, the documentation for which how to acquire is equally it's all time hall of fame wine classic hell trying to figure out how to get VC run 2015 which you don't even know that's the name of it anyway and then to get it installed then I had to figure out by rote what version of Windows to actually run on the prefix. Would it run with XP? Would it run with Windows 8? Do I need to run it in Windows 10? Those are major decisions when it has to be a 64-bit prefix with a 64-bit version of Wine. Because Ruiner will not run on anything, that, on any system that's not 64-bit architecture. All of this gets fucking not exponent. All of this becomes an interlocking directorate of writhing complexity and insoluble problems, grinding, grinding complexity. Because, for instance, um, Windows 7, eh, never mind. Never mind. All of this is explained, but the theory isn't explained. The how-to is explained. And learning this shit by rote is in this context, I would say it's fantastic. As soon as I get done uh, with this episode of the podcast today, I will be trying to install Witcher 3. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the, the column this week, our how-to guide, the success... Of our the secret the secret fulfill, fulfillment of our twisted secret covert obsession with getting Ruiner to run. You can ask Jeff Jeffy Wise. Ask him how many times over the last three and a half months I have texted him about why won't it run? My God, Jeff, why won't it run? I feel I feel like I've I'm, I'm close, but close to nowhere. Just ask him. You can ping him. If you want, I'll just hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Vegas Writer, V-E-G-A-S-W-R-I-T-E-R, and I will give you his own phone number and you can ask him. So, 
and also by uh, Tuesday, because I, hopefully I, I have I have most of tomorrow free. Um, I'm going to be putting together both a screencast tutorial and an actual short video presentation tutorial that follows along with the written stuff. Because I like to read a guide. I don't like watching videos, especially when it's stuff that's this complicated, but there are so many windows and so many different applications that you have to go through and it's so... Play on Linux is not the, the structure for Play on Linux in terms of a GUI, in terms of like a graphical user interface um, is... It works, it can work, but it is not. It is less than ideal. Um, and uh, far from uh, far from being unambiguous. Um, so yeah, we're gonna, I'm going to parlay all this shit. And then later on in the week, man, I can't wait to talk to you guys uh, next week's episode of this podcast. We'll talk about Ruiner. We'll be talking about another fucking success. A fucking horrific two decade long itch that could not be scratched a phantasm be talking about well anyway and then we will have a robot named fight I want to do a feature on that next week uh, and then after all of that stuff if I can get some more uh, I'm I'm like my my mastery of like wine, play on Linux, and uh, fucking wine tricks, and being able to fucking manipulate wine on the command line. At this point, as a you know, it's like oh, level up. It's like okay, so I got first. I got I got my first year badge. I got my you know second semester badge of fucking competency. Uh, I feel like if I can if I can parlay this into a couple more successful installs, then. Then next week I begin looking at how to package them into flat packs. So there you go. That's that's the long hoary rantiness of uh, my secret obsession with Ruiner, a wine odyssey. Um, I hardly encourage you, especially if you run Mint eighteen, to uh, check out the column this week, and uh, don't forget. Uh, check out our live stream. I stream. There's, you know, at least a twenty percent chance that at any given moment of any given day, twenty four seven, that if you just jump on twitch.tv slash Skooky Sprite s k o o k i e s p r i t e, that I am likely to actually be live streaming just randomly when you jump on. Twenty percent chance. It's pretty good odds for twenty four seven. Um. Lots of videos up on there. Lots of cool stuff. Working on a lot of stuff with OBS uh, too. And uh, there's a Ruiner uh, stream up there of it running in Play on Linux. Uh, check that out too. And uh, don't forget the website, www.bestlinuxgames.com. And we got a whole bunch of other stories that are all coming to a head for next Friday. But have to wait till then. Sadly, once again, let's raise a glass, Ivor. Sadly, we commemorate the passing of the fact that for one brief and shining moment, 
sure, seemed like a lot of years, but really, now that it's gone, it felt like the blink of an eye. One brief and shining moment. There was no Windows version of weaponized chess. (laughs) Cheers, I'll catch you next week. What am I forgetting? I don't know, Ivor. Getting drunk now. Four or five times. A good idea. Four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right. Four or five times. It is I, E.B. Farnham. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna try four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yaddy yaddy oh, four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop three. Yaddy yaddy four or five times. Matt there is no windows version of weaponized chess boy this is fucking ponderous man ponderous fucking ponderous it only runs on linux it's not a problem you alienated part of america i alienated crazy people i like it very much it is i ev farm you're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Good idea.